720 WGN. Dr. Dinesh was kind enough to join us on Monday. He's an ER doc out of California who's been in Maui 12 years. He has a mobile clinic, and I can't imagine you've ever seen anything like what you've been witnessing for the past week or so. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me, and sorry if it's a little windy. I'm out here in the field in Lahaina area. And, um, no, uh, basically what I saw day one, uh, Wednesday mid morning uh getting there was one of the most traumatic things i've I've ever seen because i didn't know i was walking into i just thought there was fresh fires and a couple homes burned um i had no idea that um it was so devastating like a nuclear bomb had gone off and it was very apocalyptic when i got there seeing just some survivors come out and just disheveled confused altered um just traumatized and cuts and scrapes respiratory issues smoke inhalation, eye injuries uh, from the smoke, and me just being in there. It's one thing to see things like that in, in, in the emergency room setting. We're in a controlled environment on a gurney with a hospital light and AC, but being out there with, like, fumes and weird oils and rubber smells and trees burning, palm trees burning, electrical powers on the ground, seeing huge trees just ripped out of the ground from the wind, so it was, it was like a bomb and a hurricane went off. Like I've never seen anything, and everything was scorched. And we had no news about it. The only way I knew it was bad is some of the paramedics and firefighters came out of that region, and once they got signaled, like, hey, Doc, there's bodies. It's, it's devastating. And I thought they were exaggerating um, until I got there and saw it firsthand. So the first few days, my team motto for the people, my nonprofit, I started to help our homeless population out here. We do Moto Mondays and go see people. I have these unique vans I've built out that are mobile clinics. Uh, I just put them into use every day to go past the blockade and to help. Uh, now, slowly, things are stabilizing. The hospitals opened up a little clinic, um, and the couple clinics and pharmacies that burnt down, they've kind of set up mobile areas. But there's a whole region north of Lahaina that community didn't have electricity for days no access to oil or gas to, to drive a car. They couldn't get to the pharmacy. So a lot of our chronic normal patients that would live their lives daily have no access uh, to health care. So it's like a full-on disaster zone on that side, too. Absolutely. So and, Doctor, I've got a question. You know, when you said on Monday, when I said, do you expect the death toll to rise, and you got choked up for a second, and you said yes, in the hundreds, maybe even a thousand, yeah. that has been the message now coming from everyone in Maui. And they've they've changed the term to unaccounted for instead of missing. Yeah. And it's because of the lack of communication. And I guess today they found 60 people in one house who were alive because these people opened up their house and said, come in, we're safe here. And so hopefully there's more good stories like that, but these bodies can't even be identified. Is that accurate? Yeah. That's what I've heard. I heard there's things like cadaver dogs. This was a, just a horrible term and a new term to me, honestly. I thought there's bomb dogs and canine drug dogs, but there's cadaver dogs. There's a DNA swabs they're doing. I've heard that you, you x-ray whatever the remains of if there's any plaques or numbers, if someone had a prosthetic hip or medical device to be able to identify people, it's just really sad. And I don't know the logistical, like the, the terms that would use for missing or accountable or just missing in the field. I, I just know how condensed that region is and hearing from stories. And now you guys are seeing some of the traumatic videos of that, just that torch of fire going down so quick. There has to be hundreds of people uh, that, are, that didn't survive. 
And Hawaii state toxicologists now said it could take weeks, if not months, to clean up the pollutants, that it's not only in the air, it's on the ground, and that, too, is a hazard for people. Uh, 100%. And the first few days when we were kind of going on that area, I know just, just from the inhalation, like I would have headaches, my nurses would kind of feel congested, our throats would be irritated. We would try to wear some N95 masks, but being close to Big Island, which is an active volcano, when the winds flip and that volcano is actually active, we would get bog, which is like volcanic like smog like you would in a city. We would have bad air quality in Maui sometimes, and I would see patients with asthmatics. I'm like, oh, where did you guys come from? But all year, they're fine. But when they get induced to being in that environment, that's another problem I'm seeing is I'm treating these people, and then um, they're coming back in a few days. It's just it's hard to remove them from the environment because that's the the factor that's causing the respiratory issue. So, you know, they're moving into shelters. They're moving into town that has better air quality. But day by day, we're doing our things. Our hospital has done a great job in controlling some of the scene. We've had extensive amount of people come and help. But it was just unknown the first few days. And as you said, we're learning more and more about the water quality, what's safe, what's not. And just the aftermath of dealing with the disaster, because this is as big as 9-11 was in in U.S. soil. And it's just devastating on a beautiful island. And in much like Katrina, it was brought up to me yesterday, you know, the mainland didn't get all the information right away. In fact, we still feel like we don't know everything. That's why I value the time that I have with you so you can explain exactly what is happening on the ground. We're told that people are facing having to make mortgage payments on homes that no longer exist. And of course, they don't have their jobs because where they went to work no longer exists Mm -hmm. as well. There has been a federal FEMA check or a deposit made in the amount of $700. What are people saying about that? That part, I'll be honest, I don't know too much about, but it did hit home yesterday. I was finishing around 8 p.m. at one of our our mobile sites. I was talking to a guy that he's like, hey, my house um, didn't get burned, but I used to do uh, real estate through Timeshare, one of the, the highest hotels. He's like, they're closed. Like, there is no tourists in there. That hotel's empty. They're housing people. But his job is done. So he's like, guess time to find a career change. I'm like, wow, I didn't even think of that. Like, this chain domino effect just goes more and more and more. What it does to our economy, what it does to our tourism, what it does to our jobs and housing prices and shortage we had, it's unknown. And that's what I kind of fear. But I, I like to kind of live day by day and just figure out what we need to do today because we sit there and then worry about all this stuff that just causes anxiety, you know, but hopefully they could come together. Maybe the banks could give everybody a 1% interest loan to rebuild or get home. Like somebody's got to do something because it's just not fair. And we all have a little bit of, you know, survivor guilt. We feel horrible for all those people that lost their homes and their family members. So hopefully the community and the bigger community from the mainland can help in, in every which way to make it right, which I don't know if there's a clear answer, but every little part can help with financial or uh, medical or supplies. Right. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of help on the way from Chicago. Northern Illinois Food Bank has loaded up food for an enormous amount of people. United Airlines is headed in with supplies. We have volunteers from Chicago. And that's just one town. So uh, at the same time, it's kind of hard because people will descend on Maui for all the wrong reasons as well. So hopefully, um, you know, you can identify the good from the bad and that the good make it through to get the help to the people who need it. Before I let you go, Dr. Dinesh, um, so Lahaina is pretty much devastated. 
tell me on the island of Maui, is that the most populated area? And are there areas of Maui that are completely unaffected? Um, I think Lahaina is considered the west side and all kind of maps into kind of Pali, Kaha, and Napili, that area. Um, they, this Lahaina is gone. And I think that was a very condensed area because it was the capital of Hawaii back in the day. Uh, town of Kahalui or Kihei, they're populated town regions. But if you didn't know, it, it, the island could right now, I felt like it might just split kind of like how Haiti and Dominican Republic are. Like you could mm-hmm. be in Dominican Republic and have no idea what's happening on the other side. The diseases Haiti has, the the infrastructure, the financial issues, it's like full third world African country on an island. Like I've seen people do medical work there. The diseases they have in Haiti and they don't on the other side of the island, it's like, how does that work? because they have a barrier and a border. Right now, I was thinking the same thing might happen with this roadblock eventually. Like, we might just be split. Um, and there's all this concern of, like, kind of like an anarchy mode. There's no electricity. The cops are doing their best. But there's no cell phone signal. There's looting happening. And, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I know people on our side, people left. People that le- lived here, they're like, I, I am just going to go away for a few months. I can't deal with anxiety. I feel horrible. I, I can't help. They can't let me in. Yeah, and there's other people that just said, I'm going to make an effort to help. They're taking their boats and jet skis and whipping around the island. There's pilots flying their own planes and, and asking us to help and put medical supplies on there. It's amazing to see the Maui community come together. Um, but I think that everyone else, like on, on the other side of the island, and I think the whole island's going to take a hit because it survives a lot on tourism. And I don't right. know if the hotels, the big hotels on the other side are getting affected. But it all happened during the pandemic. Everything shut down. Everything reopened. We're just getting through it all. And this is a part, like, even me, my nervous system. Like, I'm only a human. Right. You know, like, I, I dealt with COVID for three years. I did house calls. I saw people get sick. People die. So with the, I can't travel. I have the wrong test. I need a PCR. It's just like, oh, my God. And finally, the last few months, I've been working on starting my nonprofit to help people in need and help my private medical practice and be a doctor and have a good clinic. And then this hit, and we're just going with it day by day, and it's thrown my office into, like, a flip mode. I've used just all my hang in there. and I've been hang in there. trying to replenish. Yeah, yeah the work you're doing you is... all caring. Yes, really. We're sending all of our love and all of our positive energy, and believe me, goods and, and what you need is on the way. Tell everybody about, just give them the website. I've got to jump to news, but one last time, give them the website where they can find out what you do and more about you. Yeah, if they want to hear about what we do and just if they want to donate for just medical, we just buy medicine for the people. Um, it's moto, M-O-D-O, for the people, um, dot com, and that's F-O-R. P-H-E-People.com, Moto for the People.com. Right. I really appreciate that. And um, I will Be talk well. to you guys soon or next time. Yeah, Thank no, you we'll, we'll chat again. I want to chat again before the end of the week. That is Dr. Dinesh, Moto for the People. He is on the island of Maui. Steve has your news next on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.